Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. Looking for a, another magical bite here from the president since we have some of the blunders in the, um, in the open. I cannot find that one. Oh, here it is. It's at the top. Did you hear the one where he refers to—good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Kind of starting off. Awkward. Sue, did you hear the one where he refers to the French president from, you know, 20 years ago? Oh, 30? no. Actually, I think oh, it's like... Oh, no. So here, here's the president. This is on Sunday in Las Vegas. Right after I was elected, I went to a, what they call a G7 meeting, all the NATO leaders. And I sat down and I said, America's back. And Mitterrand from Germany, I mean, from France, looked at me and said, uh, said, you know... What? Why? How, how long are you back for? Yeah, well, that didn't oh, happen because dear. Francois Mitterrand died in 1995. Something tells me, I don't know, I can't guarantee this, but I think like in the middle of that, he realized that he had screwed it up. And yes. then he couldn't find yes. a way to get out of it, right? Yes, because you could hear the pause yeah. and yeah. then you could hear him because I've done that myself. Right, but here's what was happening. Let me Let me take you inside the president's brain. He knew he had said the wrong French president, but he couldn't remember Macron. Right. I'm guessing he could, and then he then he kind of got lost along the way. Look, I I this happened to me on the roundtable on Friday. I do sometimes forget things, and I think we all do that. And then you kind of try to then make you're up like, for it. Well, here I am. A couple things about that. I'm not the president of the uh, of know, free world, yes. and right of anything. Thank God. <laughs> yes. And I, you know, I don't. It doesn't happen to me like every day. It just happens every so often. When I talk on the radio. Anyway, I, I don't know where all of that behavior and stuff like that is going to take us because people are people are getting exposed to it and they know what's going on. You know, before I get into anything else today, I just I want to make sometimes I don't want to forget to do things. And I saw this and this kind of plays into some of the things that we talked about late last year. In fact, I even think I replayed this interview over the holidays with the uh, reporter from Baltimore who is in an investigative team, and they looked at the uh, the high schools in Baltimore where the kids were reading proficient. And they remember, they couldn't find, like, any nobody was reading proficient in those high schools in Baltimore. It was outrageous, right? So Libs at TikTok, which is a great resource for a talk show host, but they're, they're really good at blasting things out there that make you kind of want to scratch your head and say, what the hell is going on here? So this is a list of schools from Illinois, um, 30 of them, and there's not a single student that is rated at proficient in reading in these schools. Lovejoy Middle School, Urban Prep. Um, None? Dunbar, no, not. And this is what happened in Baltimore. You might be surprised. There are schools in here. One of these schools, they're spending $24,000 per student. Some of them are as low as $8,000. But you, you have many of them that are in the $17,000, $20,000 per student range. 
and they can't turn around one student that is proficient in reading. That's frightening. And that's it's happening around the country in urban areas. And we're not really doing anything about that or even making any efforts. So if that doesn't scare the hell out of you, I don't know what will. We're going to cover a lot of different things here this afternoon, including sports wagering in Missouri, which I don't think has much of a future this year, unfortunately. But Dan Houks, who is the sponsor of that bill, he's from Warrensburg, Republican. He's going to join us in just a little bit. We have the governor of Missouri, Mike Parson, with us just back from the border and uh, his State of the State address. Wait a second. He's got a new book out, too, Fred? Is coming that... out. Coming really? out this year. What's that about? Do uh, we know? Wrapping up his um, time in okay. office. Okay. It just says his new book. I was unaware of uh, of his book. So we'll get with him. We have, oh, Sue and Fred, the Hall of Famer. I, I didn't really introduce the Hall of Famer <laughs> yeah. properly. Let's please do That's that. Let's okay. start that again. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Sue Thomas is here, also the Hall of Famer, Fred Bottomer. <laughs> uh, I have an amazing Parcheesi update for you at 405. Oh, and you guys goody. are going to laugh. Well, you're going to laugh your asses off at this one. Oh, wait, okay. wait here. This one will fall in your favor, Sue, okay? Oh, okay. Let me, before you start scoffing when I start the topic <laughs> at 407, just remember I said it will play into you guys and your benefit more than me and i think you'll actually get a kick out of it we got kill me don here this afternoon at 425 i got an interesting invite today sue what'd you what well i'm a little pissed off about it. it's going to take away from my vacation day on president's day or our holiday because uh brian and uh, allison you've met allison who's his producer they invited me to do his syndicated show a week from monday Ooh, that's exciting yeah, I'm trying to see if I can finalize that right. So we'll see. But that means I don't get the good day for off. You. Might yeah. have to take Tuesday off then because good that's a lot of five right. days of work in a week, Sue. You know how I react to that. Yeah, well, right? that's that's but you a, have a national audience. Exactly. I love this. I, I know, but it's it's the effort that I have to expend, Fred, that I'm concerned about <laughs> on a day that I had planned to take off. Anyway, Kill Meet's coming up at four twenty five after Sue's news. I got a bunch of little things here today as well. And you know, um I think you're gonna include this in Sue's news, but this was a little bit of a of a shock today because Toby Keith died. My daddy served in the army. And he was only 62 years old. He had cancer. Were you aware of his cancer? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you used to work in the country music uh, format. Did you ever meet Toby Keith? Because he was a pretty big star in the 90s and 2000s, right? Yeah, I think that I did, although it does not stand out to me, so maybe not. Did you meet him, Fred? I met him. Wait a second. Fred met him? Of course he did. I met him in 1994. At the Washington County Fair. Look at that. His number one hit. Should have been a cowboy. came out. Should have been a cowboy. Yeah, we've got that too. There was like hardly anyone there to watch him. Uh, I took my nephew. We said, hey, he's going to be a star. We think. And so we, uh, my nephew took up a dollar bill and had him sign it. That's really so nice. So hopefully he still got it. But he was just very humble, great guy. Well, he, he must just have had just hit. been starting oh, yeah. out, though, at His that time, right? His first song came out in yeah. 93, yeah. so this was 94. There was a just great, like let me see if I can find this here, because I love, I love the Babylon Bee, and they do such a great job. They had a, uh, they have so many tweets. It might, oh, here it is. <laughs> Study confirms 100%. Now, Babylon Bee is... Um, you know, satire. Satirical, it, yeah. right. Study confirms 100% of men agree with Toby Keith that they should have been a cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's absolutely true. So we'll cover that. And um, I have no idea, Fred, what I'm doing in the 5 o'clock hour. Oh, oh we have Senator Talent. Talent. I do want to talk to Senator Talent not only about what's going on with Ukraine and, you know, Israel, but he was involved when he was in Congress 20 years ago on some immigration reform that never kind of got across the finish line, which pretty much is standard U.S. history. They try to get something across the finish line, and they can't do it. And let me segue to what we're dealing with right now with the border bill. Mr. Kilmeade and I are going to talk about this a little bit because he interviewed James Langford, who is now the most evil Republican on the planet because he negotiated this terrible border bill. 
Now, when I say terrible border bill, I say that because everyone's calling it a terrible border bill. And I think that there's some things in here that that I don't like at all. First of all, if I'm doing this, and thank God maybe you could say that I'm not, I I think you do a standalone bill. I never really quite understand why they can't separate these things out procedurally. Let's vote on Ukraine. Let's vote on Israel. And let's vote on the border. But let's also be honest here that the president is playing complete games with this. And let me offer a prime example of this with Ducey just a short time ago and KJP in the briefing room because Biden actually came out today and he tried to speak. And I say try because it's not always successful. And he blames, of course, maybe I should start with that. He wants to blame this White House and the president. The numbers are just staggering. When you look at the numbers of illegal migrants that are crossing the border, it's insanity. I have some of them updated for you right here as well. 2020, 400,000 illegals. 2021, 1.7 million. 2022, 2.3 million, 2023, 2.4 million. Those are staggering numbers. But this White House and this president wants to sit there every day and they want to blame Donald Trump. Now, all indications are this bill won't even move forward to the Senate floor. Why? A simple reason. Donald Trump. Because Donald Trump thinks it's bad for him politically. Therefore, he doesn't, even though it helps the, the, the country, he's not for it. Okay, he doesn't even know what he's saying what? at this point. I guess the, what, the point he's trying to make is that Republicans, because they're beholden to Donald Trump, they're not going to want to vote for anything, no matter what we put together, because they know this is their new narrative. It's politically convenient for them in the fall. Well, excuse me, there's really... Nothing at this point, President Biden, that you can do. I know you think that passing a border bill or doing something or making some effort that you haven't made is going to convince the American people that you've turned this around. But they've seen the border. They you know, this was an interesting moment. And I try not to expose her to stuff because you got murders and fentanyl deaths and stuff like that. But this morning we were getting ready for school. and My daughter was watching Fox and she was watching one of Bill Malusian's report. And she's a pretty smart kid. And she it was funny. Last night she was doing some social studies stuff talking about, you know, um, Supreme Court and state reps. And I said, hey, do you know who Natalie's dad is? Natalie is Steve Butts's daughter. And Natalie helped take care of Alexa. And I said, well, you know, her dad, Steve, is in the House of Representatives in Missouri. So we were going through some of this stuff. So she's, she's watching Fox this morning and she said, are those people that are entering our country? And I said, yeah, yeah. And she was absolutely, she's not even nine years old and she was horrified by it because sometimes it doesn't take too much Mm. to put on the thinking camp to know what's right and to know what's wrong. So again, here's more MAGA, 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 blame Trump. If the bill fails, I want to be absolutely clear about something. The American people are going to know why it failed. I'll be taking this issue to the country. Okay, he's threatening you now. And the voters are going to know that it's not just a moment, just at the moment. We're going to secure the border and fund these other programs. Trump and the MAGA Republicans said no. Okay. Uh, And again, I think people are smart enough to know that you have it within your power to secure the border, to close it down, to not allow what's been happening for three years to happen. And now it's completely out of control and you got Chinese nationals and, you know, men from Africa that are crossing over on a regular basis as well. So, Mr. Ducey, asking KJP some questions along these lines earlier. So, you guys talk a lot, including today, about how the border wouldn't be such a big deal if Congress would have just passed your immigration bill on day one. Who was by it? the way, someone is typing a lot there in the background. I don't think it's Peter, by the way. It's uh, yeah. charge of Congress on day one. So it's been three years. It's been three, three whole years. More than three years. More than a thousand days. And 
look, this is a difficult issue, obviously. This is a difficult issue. And what we have said is that Congress has to act, right? Congress, Democrats, Republicans have to act. Let me, let me just explain to you what's happening with KJP there. It was sort of like that moment I mentioned a few minutes ago with the president. She knows that Ducey's got her, and she yes. can't get out of it. She, no. really, she goes on for another 20, 30 seconds and really never answers the question because she can't put it together in her mind how she can defend that because it's really it's indefensible. indefensible. Now, on this, you know, I, I, I like to be honest with people, and I do think when I looked at the particulars of the bill, and most people haven't done that, there are some things in here that I think have merit. Having said that, I think overall it's problematic, which is why there's pushback in the House. Now, one thing that's being highlighted today, this guy's Brandon Judd. He is um, with the uh, the Union for the Border Patrol Officers. They supported Donald Trump. He thinks this is a good bill, or at least a bill that should at least be considered. So there are plenty of weaknesses in here, but there's there's also a lot of strengths. And, and when you look right now, what we're currently dealing with, um, w- this is a slow month, and we're dealing with 6,700 apprehensions on a daily basis. What this would do is it would cap it to where we couldn't take anything more than 5,000. Now, this does not say that we're going to release 5,000 people into the United States. In fact, it's, it's the exact opposite. So that's a very important point. I tried to make that yesterday. There was a lot of people that fired off hot takes on this saying, okay, you know, that means you can have 5,000 people a day enter illegally and we're all okay with that. That's not what happens. They're saying that it can be encounters, but people get sent back. So it's not saying, well, we're all, we're going to allow this many in and we're not going to worry about that. That's not the case. Having said that, there's also some weird language in here about where those migrants are from, whether it's Mexico, Canada, or other places in, um, in Central and South America. So that's a little confusing to me, but here's a little bit more Brandon. It says that we will hold single adults in custody. Um, they will not be subject to release. Uh, and so that is a huge deterrent. That will deter an awful lot of people from crossing our borders illegally. We know that the main magnet that, that people cross our borders is because they're going to be released, released into the United States. Once you stop that magnet, you will, you will stop an awful lot of people from coming. So although it's not perfect, it is a step in the right direction. And I would rather have the step in the right direction than nothing and consign me to what the status quo is. Right. A lot of disagreement on that, though. Mike Johnson, the House Speaker. Republicans simply cannot vote for the bill in good conscience. And that is why I declared it dead on arrival. And even Mitch McConnell in the Senate, he realizes, look, this is not going to pass the House. We, we need something that's going to be workable. It's been made perfectly clear by the Speaker that he wouldn't take it up even if we sent it to him. And so I think that's probably why most of our members think we ought to have opposition Tomorrow, we'll see, and then move on with the rest of the supplement. All right, I mentioned Governor Parson is just back from the border. He's going to join us a little later this hour. of Dan Houck, state rep from Warrensburg, on the status of sports wagering in Missouri. We're off and running here. It's a Tuesday edition of the Mark Reardon Show. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It seems to be one of those days where there's like a lot of little stories that I don't want to skip over. Mm. And we'll, we'll get to some of these in the 4 o'clock hour. But this is kind of fun and cool, I think, for fans here in St. Louis of hockey. You're about the Winter Classic? No. 
Blues, Blackhawks, Wrigley Field. Oh, that's awesome. That's amazing, that's isn't it? Awesome. Unbelievable. Uh, there's a new story out about the bolts that were missing from that Boeing 737 oh. uh, Max uh, critical bolt. Like, not not just one, but four. Four bolts They missing. were missing? I thought uh, they yeah. weren't just... Uh, no. I thought this... Oh, Missing dear. critical bolts. So I'll have that for you in a little bit. And then... I didn't get to this yesterday, but the big changes at CNN, they're really mixing up their programming again, mainly because nobody watches CNN. The numbers are, are quite staggering if you compare and contrast to where Fox is right now. And they keep trying to figure something out on CNN and whatever they're doing is not working. But I'll update people on that in just a little bit. We have the governor of Missouri, Mike Parson, coming up in just a few minutes. But one of my issues that I'm, you know, really caring about seemingly the only one in uh, in Missouri because everything is about IP reform even though nobody oh, no. nobody it's in the gambling. state knows what that is let's face it if we had to vote right now this is maybe something I would love for the legislature to to feel the uh, the will of the people where if you just had some sort of way to say hey do you care about IP reform or sports wagering more people would raise their hand and say, hey, sports wagering. And that's just not Democrats. I think Republicans. I send my money to Las Vegas nearly every weekend so I can bet out there. Warrensburg State Rep Dan Houks is with us this afternoon. He is not giving up. I'm going to hope for some optimism here, Dan, this afternoon. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on the show. So every time I ask someone in the legislature about this, my friends in the House or in the Senate, they they don't give me a lot of optimism that this is going to be, you know, something that can see uh, the light of day this year. Same thing happened last year. I talked with the speaker quite a bit and it just never was handicapped in a way where there was hope. So maybe handicap it a little bit. Where are we with this? Explain to the listeners what might happen and what might not happen here, Dan. Sure. So the the House bill is moving along. Uh, we've got it through the first committee. Next week we'll have it in Rules Committee, and then hopefully the w- week or two after that we'll have it on the floor and, and get it over the Senate before uh, the first of March. That's that's my my plan, my optimism. Uh, you know, it's a, a bill that I've had for three years, so I've listened to my constituents back home and constituents that aren't even mine all across the state demanding to have sports gambling. So what what is it? I mean, I know there's never really one reason that this is held up, but a lot of this has to do with Denny Hoskins, who is a Republican senator. He's in the Freedom Caucus. He really focuses on these um, these video gaming machines that are technically not legal, the VLT machines. So is it Senator Hoskins who mainly is holding this up or is there more to it? Well, you know, the the Senate the last couple of years have uh, had some issues there right at the end. And uh, that's kind of where it it. it it kind of died, unfortunately, in the last couple of years, and uh, we're starting off to a banger start over in the Senate. So, it, it, uh, you know, I'm hoping they uh, get their act together and we get stuff done. But uh, you know, I'm not blaming everything on Senator Hoskins. Uh, you know, he's a believer in VLTs. I'm a believer in sportsbook. He's actually carried sportsbook in the past. Uh, so. It, it's my number one priority. I'm going to keep fighting a good fight for it. So what what would mean? And I'm I'm asking this seriously because I really I think people are are having difficulty getting their arms around the VLT issue and why that's something that he's so passionate about. Those things technically they call them the gray machines because there's this gray area of the law. Is there a path for a compromise? I know it's a dirty word in politics, but is there a path? And what is it, Dan? Well, that, that's definitely a word that everybody in this uh, building should know is compromise, because everything here is a compromise. You know, there's no perfect bill, uh, so you have to compromise with everybody else. I've, I've worked with Senator Hoskins on the in the past, uh, last day of session two years ago. We got really close to making something happen, and then unfortunately it, it all kind of fell apart. Uh, you know, the, the VLT machines, you're, you're correct about that. They are gray machines, it, it's the gray part of the law. That's why they call them that. Uh, you know, he looks at it that it bringing a lot more revenue and tax money than uh, than the 
standard sports gambling, which is only at a 10% tax rate, which is kind of standard for the states surrounding us. Uh, as most most of your listeners who do that go across the street, so mm-hmm. we're or across the river, or my case on the other side of the state, over into Kansas. Um, you know, it's going to bring in 34 million dollars to education as we look towards the future here, kind of budgeting further out into the distance. You know, there there could be a reckoning coming for our state budget. You know, we got to look at ways to bring in revenue. And so this is the one way I'm looking at bringing in revenue. So in my notes here, I'm just curious because of the name, um, when you had some testimony about this in a committee, it says that testifying against the bill is Bob Pretty, who called it irresponsible. That's not, is that the Bob Pretty that used to be a, a media guy or is it? It a, is. It okay. is. That's interesting. It, what What is his interest in, in being against this? Do you know? Well, he, he thinks that, you know, if my rate's at 10 percent and the concern, c- current casino rate is 21 percent, it makes an annual rate of 15% across the board for gambling. Well, right now, what's the tax rate on gambling in the state of Missouri for sportsbook? Zero. Zero. How much money is it bringing in? Zero. Zero. So 10% is always better than zero. I I agree with that, but is there a reason, and I'm not saying that I would favor a higher rate, but is there a reason that it wouldn't be the same that the casinos would play? Why is that? You know, it, it, even across the country, the sports book has been different than casinos, uh, you know, from Illinois to Kansas to uh, other states. So it's it just a, a number where I thought would be a good starting point. And once again, I'm happy to compromise on that. If we need to raise a rate, we can raise a rate. And in the past years, you know, we actually had a, a co- former colleague of mine on the other side of the aisle actually – did a rate cut. He took it from 10% to 8% uh, through the amendment process. Interesting. Obviously, the uh, well, this is a good week because this would be an example this weekend of people, probably a lot of people in Missouri that would use, um, you know, a FanDuel account or something like that if it was allowed. Right now, it's um, geotargeting. So if I try to use, I can use my app from Las Vegas, from MGM here in Missouri just to look at the bets, but I can't place a bet because they have detected that I am not in the state of Nevada, which is why. But in, in this particular particular situation this weekend, there's a lot of potential where revenue would be lost. Is there anything else in the bill that is changing the way that the gambling is regulated from state to state? In other words, let me simplify that question. Is there a big difference between what you are trying to get passed compared to what they have in Illinois or some of these other states, Dan? Well, Illinois has a higher tax rate. That's uh, the one difference. Okay. And Kansas has a lower tax rate. So Other uh, that's, than that, that's you cool. got the freedom to bet, and that's that's going to open up these, you know, FanDuel, et cetera, to come into Missouri and to, to start with this, right? So other than that, it's just the tax rate. Correct. Got and, it. you know, you just spoke about geofencing. i give you a quick, quick statistic. July 1 of last year to December 31st, there were three – I'm sorry, 13.5 million bets attempted to be placed in the state of Missouri. 13.5 million bets. And, and those are from the people – you mean, in other words, those were rejected because people were unaware of the geotargeting, right? The Correct. So – and that's that's that doesn't account for everyone else who already knew that it wasn't going to be allowed, and they didn't even try because they're sending money like me to Las Vegas every weekend. Correct. Okay. Well, look, I, I'm rooting for you. I really am. Is there an option – I don't know because we're talking about, you know, all this IP reform. Is there an option to put this on a ballot issue as well? Well, and you, you, you've asked about that. Right there, your hometown uh, Cardinals owner, uh, Mr. DeWitt, and other uh, team owners and sports teams across the state from the Blues to uh, the St. Louis Soccer Club to the Chiefs to the Royals to the uh, current the new women's soccer club we have in Kansas City. 
they've all come together with FanDuel slash DraftKings, the mobile operators, and they are working on an initiative petition right now. Uh, if you see it out there and they're looking for signatures, please sign it. You know, if we can't get it done in the legislature, maybe they can get it done through an initiative petition. Now, would that – this is where it gets a little confusing. Would that mean that that would have to be a constitutional amendment or not, Dan? Uh, it would be a constitutional amendment because it's uh, part of the IP process. Got it. All right. That's that's what I thought. Dan Houks, thank you so much for the update this afternoon. Thanks for having me on. All right. We appreciate it. So there, there you go. Where and, and this is where you get into this debate about the Constitution, Sue, because the only way to do this with the initiative petition procedure is to make a change to the Missouri Constitution, which to a lot of people, including me over the years, seemingly um, is more complicated than it needs to be. The way to get this done is for these lawmakers to do their jobs to stop messing around and to realize it's funny because I had Bob Onder in the studio yesterday saying that these are folks who are elected to go to Jeff City to, you know, do the will of the people. Well, guess what? The will of the people, and I know that not everyone listening right now is for sports wagering, mm-hmm. but if you put that to a ballot issue in Missouri, it would pass overwhelmingly. It wouldn't even be close. And they know that because the polling tells them that. So I don't know what what the holdup is here outside of Senator Hoskins and the VLTs. We're in year three of this at this point. We're in year three of them not getting anything at all done on that particular issue, and it's very frustrating. we got the governor, Mike Parson, who, I didn't know this, he's got a new book that's coming out in March, Oh, I too, didn't either. Called No Turning Back, Michael Parson. We'll talk to him about that. He was just down at the border as well. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. I mentioned during the uh, the last segment that there's a bunch of little things that I want to get in today. One of them is we had another participant in the um, third congressional district. I'm sorry, the first congressional district. I'm kind of confusing it. I mentioned Bob Onder. That's the third Blaine Lukemeyer. No, the first is where Corey Bush is. And she, of course, is running for re-election, but she's got some challengers. Wesley Bell, who's the St. Louis County prosecutor. Maria Chappelle Nadal, who's legit cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Crazy. She's the one who on Facebook, you know, basically threatened to assassinate Trump a few years ago. But she was in the Missouri Senate. I can't remember if she was in the House, but she's going to challenge, I guess, Cory Bush. And somebody, kind of an insider, just said this. She will open the closet door of skeletons on Wesley Bell, which that in and of itself could be interesting. Hey, we are joined by the governor of Missouri. Mike Parson is back with us this afternoon. We got some news about a new book as well. Governor, welcome back. How are you? Hey, Mark. I'm doing good. How about you today? Well, I'm doing I'm doing really well, but I was unaware of the new book that just got announced. I guess you have a book coming out in March, which is called No Turning Back. I just simply don't remember being asked to write the blurb on the back cover, Governor. So I'm assuming that was just an oversight on the part of the staff, right? <laughs> well, you, you know what? It must have been. I, I, I'll, I'll talk to him about it. Too bad it's already been to the printer. But anyhow, I'll mention it to him. Next time. All right. Well, tell me about the book. This is exciting. We should mention that the proceeds here are going to a good cause, right? Yeah, they're going to the First Ladies Foundation to help uh, really uh, kids like uh, JAG students uh, that really come from a little tough backgrounds, disabled children, just some good causes. But honestly, Mark, the book is, is uh, boy, it's, it's almost too honest to a certain degree because if everybody knew what's in that book, I may never have been elected to office. But uh, 
the 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 thing I want to point out is in the in the book I wasn't going to do it because you know I think there's a lot of other people more worthy than me of having a book written about me, but it talks about how I grew up with my mom and dad being sharecroppers, working for other people on other people's farms, and really not having much when you grow up, and just worked hard all my life, and my folks give me that foundation and what it meant to me to serve my country, and all, and, and kind of talks about my career and some mistakes I made uh, that I disappointed. Uh, some family members, and that I actually had my first run-in with law enforcement. Uh, maybe that's why it made me a good sheriff, because I knew what the other side was like. But uh, the, the truth is, it's, it tells a story that I hope gives somebody else some inspiration. You don't have to be groomed to be a politician. You don't have to be famous. You don't have to be rich. Just do the right thing and try to be fair and treat people right. And I hope at the end of the day that's what they get out of the book and realize that I'm just an average guy that just happened to end up in this seat. Well, I know you're, we've talked about your backstory before, which I think is, is outstanding. I've always had this wish, and maybe this should work in both directions, where rural people maybe get a little flavor of the big city and how people live there. But it's, it's really disappointing to me that the, uh, the legacy media types, the CNNs, the New York Times, they don't ever really make an effort to understand what's happening in rural America and how people are dealing with their issues and why they have big uh, trucks because they have to carry things around, not just because they're trying to destroy the environment. But there's a lack of understanding of the life lifestyle and how people do have that work ethic, don't you think? Yeah, exactly, Mark. And you know what? When people like that, that don't even have a clue what it's like to, in rural America, you know, there, there's nobody more stewards of the land, better stewards than the land, than I want to say farmers and ranchers across right? the United States. Because yeah. that's all the land there is. God's not going to make any more land. So we got to preserve what we got. I will tell you the vast majority of the people don't understand that are the ones that destroy the land half the time because mm. they want to houses, they want subdivisions, and they want all the things that come with the urban lives. And they just, yeah, it's disappointing, but it is what it is. No Turning Back is going to be released in March, and uh, you can find out more at safeordering.com backslash G57. Thank you uh, for letting us know about the book, so that's very cool. You just went to the border, so tell me about that. I have not been our colleague here in the middays. Annie Fry was down there a couple of months ago. It is something that I'd like to see firsthand. So what was your experience down there, Governor? You, you know what, Mark, I would tell you, especially with the listening audience, the size of listening audience you have, it would do you good to go down there and see it firsthand also because, you know, I'm like everybody. I see it on the news. I read the articles and hear all the stories and all the politics side of it. Do you really go down there and understand what Governor Abbott, what the people of Texas are up against and actually doing it on their own to speak of? I mean, they are getting hardly any assistance from the federal government. And President Biden what he did to our country by opening that border up and just letting anybody come in, you just cannot understand it until you go down there and see it, how 3,000 people can cross a river in one day, how people from Turkey, Nigeria, China, all these different people are coming across the border every day. And it doesn't stop, Mark. It just the concept of what they're doing down there. And you want to feel like you're all alone. Well, Governor Abbott somewhat is all alone down there. And that's why us governors, 25 of us, decided to unite with him and and we're going to make a stand, and we're, we're going to try to secure the border. Well, it's it's to me, it's just I don't even get why this administration is so out of touch. This is basically, Governor, you know politics. This is an 80-20 issue. Democrats, the majority of them, think this is outrageous. This administration doesn't see it. They've had it within their power to do something about this day after day, month after month. Now it's year after year. They haven't. Now they want to blame Trump and the Republicans, as you see. 
Yeah, I mean, that's where it becomes a political talk, but, but, but that's what is so sad, what is so disheartening about this whole deal. The president of the United States, him alone, created this entire problem. He could fix it tomorrow if he just said, close the border, we'll do all this hogwash talk up in Washington, D.C., and we'll try to make these deals, which nothing will happen out of that. But the point of it is he could do that tomorrow. And even if you look from a very liberal view, What's happened to those people even trying to get across is terrible. That shouldn't be happening either because they're paying the cartel somewhere between $5,000, $8,000 a person to come into America is what they're paying to come in there. And when you look at what they know of numbers, $10 million, and, and for the listening audience, this needs to soak this in for a second. $10 million people come across the border that they know of. That is the 10th largest state in the United States, the population. They'd be in the top 10 if you put them all into one state. Yeah, that, that should put things into perspective for sure. Governor Mike Parson with us this afternoon. Let's talk about chaos in the Senate in Jeff City. Have you considered maybe pulling in Bill Igel and Caleb Rowden and just say cage match in the office and see how things turn out that way, Governor? Because I don't know what else would work here at this point. Well, I, I have not thought of that, but I'm glad you brought it up. I'm a I guess, man. See, that's term. the thing. I try to help. That's all I can tell you. Yeah, I can, I can tell you're a big fan there. Uh, you know what? It, needless to say, this is all so disappointing, uh, what's going on. You know, people outside of there wants people to come up here and try to do some things and really just leave them alone. Don't screw things up any more than they already are. And then what you see down there, and I don't care which side of those two issues you're on, government has to function some way. And that is the one thing we're supposed to come up here to do and try to figure out how we govern. But doing nothing is not a good answer for anybody, and it's just it adds to a lot of chaos that don't need a whole lot of chaos added to it. Please tell me that you're going to Las Vegas to see the Chiefs in the Super Bowl this weekend. Well, it is part of my duties as governor. <laughs> there you go. That's, ah, that's what I'm talking that's about. That's the answer I was looking for. I love it. I mean, can you even believe what a, what a year for, you know, well, we'll take the Cardinals out of the mix, but if you combine, I know you and I have talked Mizzou football, and you see what yeah. the Chiefs have done at the end of this season. you got an amazing storyline here with one of the best coaches in the NFL, maybe the best quarterback to ever play. We'll see how that turns out, but you have fun. Oh. Now, you can sports wager in Las Vegas and in Nevada. You know that. You can't do that here in in Missouri, Governor. You're so uh, that should have been water underneath the bridge already, too. But anyhow, it's not because all this chaos. Hey, I got to tell you something about the Chiefs, though. I, I and you've heard me say this before, but I, I get to add on to my legacy. And I wish I would have had a little more time to put some things in the book. Six years I've been governor. We've been in the AFC championship game all six years. Three Super Bowls. Ah. Two, two of the Super Bowls I have been to, we have won the ones that I've been to. Oh, I didn't go to one during COVID. There you go. Last year, we won Super Bowl 57, being the 57th governor. That's the only time those numbers will ever line up in any governor's history of the state. And that's why I put the ink on my arm. So That's right. I forgot yeah, about the tattoo. Yes. Yeah, so, so, so I got this. So now we're going for a repeat. So if I could finish with four Super Bowl, three Super Bowl, Super Bowl wins and a repeat, I'm good to go. I'm good to go, man. Well, I'm gone. There is no doubt in my mind after you laid out the numbers there that there's a direct correlation between the success. So I'm so jealous that you're going to have fun in Vegas. Let's get another victory. Now, will there be another tattoo if there's another victory? No, I better stay with what I've got. I'm pushing my luck here for my age. <laughs>
I want to live a little while longer. I get it. All right. Hey, Governor, thank you so much for squeezing us in. I appreciate it. All right. See you guys. All right. That's Bye. Governor Mike Parson heading to the Super Bowl. I was hoping. It is part oh, of his duties, right? Yes, he should go. disappointed if he could. We got Sue's News coming up here. Kill Meat in the next hour. I have, I mean, I've been bragging a little bit about my Parcheesi play. However, a little. A lot. Yeah. However, uh-huh. there is a, a rather funny caveat to that, Sue, that I will share with you and the Hall of Famer and Abby coming up. Get more at 971talk.com. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.